for today to knock that chair. You just have to refresh the speaker. That's all you have to do. You just have to go like this. I haven't put... It's connected to something.
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Let us join our hearts in opening prayer and thanksgiving. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we have awakened again to a new day of grace. We thank Thee that Thou hast preserved us through the night and that today we can yet be called your children. Father, we thank Thee for the many temporal gifts Thou hast bestowed upon us, for our families, our homes, our livelihoods, our countries, our nations. For this land where we can freely gather and worship you, our God. Father, this morning we come before you from our many individual places of watching. We each have our own lot in life. Some of us find that even today, although we are your children, we find we are so weak. Some of us are full of doubts. Others of us are tired and weary. And so we humbly beseech you and we ask for your presence that you would give us each hearing ears and accepting hearts that your word could be made alive such that it can speak personally to each and every one of us in our own places of watching. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today is the second Sunday in Lent and the theme on the church calendar set aside for today is faith and prayer. And so I thought I would read one of the assigned texts for today, and it's found in the book of Genesis on the 32nd chapter, and it's verses 22 through 32. And the words are in Jesus' name as follows. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the fort of Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel, 
For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Amen. This story is one we know from a youth, our days being in Sunday school, when Jacob wrestles with an angel. But I think it's beneficial to look at a few of the events that had occurred in Jacob's life before the time at which our text is recorded to give us some background as to what led to this point when we think of Jacob we might remember that there are what we often refer to as those forefathers of our faith Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Jacob was born to Isaac and Rebekah. And we might remember that he had an older brother who was his twin, and his name was Esau. And when Rebekah was expecting the twins she had already noticed in her womb that there was strife and she had asked God what this meant that there was what seemed to be strife in her womb already. And God had answered that out of her womb would come two people, two nations, and that the older would serve the younger. And that 
birth of the the twins, we recall how Esau was born first. And hanging on to his heel was Jacob, who was born second. And the boys were raised and grew and the Bible tells us how Esau became a skilled hunter and he brought venison for his father and Jacob was a a different man he was plain he resided in the company of tents he was he lived a, maybe a more simple life. And then we come to another familiar story where there was a time in Esau's life when he was unable to kill any game for his sustenance. And he was hungry, and Jacob was making a pot of lentil soup. And so Esau had told or asked Jacob for some of the soup. He was so hungry that he desperately wanted any food so desperate that he even agreed to sell that birthright that being the older son he would typically have inherited all of their father's goods or at least a good portion of it but he felt that in his hunger and his despair he would surely soon die anyhow. And he saw the birthright as having no value at any rate. And so he sold that birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. And then later on, as Isaac was becoming old and ready to pass that blessing on to the firstborn. Isaac had told Esau to go and retrieve some venison that they could have a meal and that he would bless Esau with the blessing of the firstborn. And Jacob's mother overheard this and she told Jacob to go in instead with two lambs and to receive that blessing. And we remember how Jacob was very hesitant and did not understand why he should 
do this, he was fearful that his father would realize it's Jacob and not Esau and instead give him a curse instead of a blessing. But in the end, he agreed to be obedient unto his mother. And he received that blessing from Isaac. And it turned out just as he was finishing up, he had just received the blessing from Isaac that Esau returned with the venison and realized what had happened. And he was very upset. He asked Isaac if there would even be a blessing that he could also have. But Isaac told him that there was only the one blessing and he has already given it to Jacob now. And so Esau wanted to kill Jacob. He was so angry over what had happened. And so Jacob had to go to his uncle's house, Reuben, who was Rebekah's brother. And Rebekah told him that she will send word after some time has passed when Esau has had a chance to cool down and when it is safe to return home. But while Jacob was at his uncle's place, he started to work with Reuben and eventually he worked for a period of time and was granted a wife Rebecca or Rachel pardon me and I think it was maybe 14 or 16 years, something along that time frame when Jacob felt it was now time for him to return to his home. And so he had, in the process of working for Reuben, overseen Reuben's flock of lambs and cattle and his wealth had had grown many fold that God had very richly and abundantly blessed Reuben through the hand of Jacob's work and Reuben was hesitant to let Jacob go 
we can imagine how he might have felt the security and the prosperity that had come from Jacob being there. And we can understand his reluctance to to see that leave. And so he he tries to prevent Jacob from returning home. And so Jacob secretly leaves during the night one night. And when Reuben learns of this, he overcomes Jacob, catches up to him. And there they are able to settle their dispute and to come to an agreement that Jacob will be permitted to continue home. But then Jacob learns that Esau yet waits for him and that he is waiting with 400 men that he will do harm to Jacob and his family. And so Jacob becomes very fearful. He just had dealt with his uncle on the one end of the journey and waiting ahead of him on the journey was his older brother with a large group of men who wanted to do him harm. And so he finds himself where our text begins here in this very vulnerable spot not wanting to go back to Reuben's and fearful to go forward to return to his home and so he wants to somehow give him and his family the best chance if Esau is to attack. And so he divides his company into two groups, I believe. And he hopes that this would at least give them some time if the one group is attacked, that the other group may be spared. And so that's where we begin in verse 22 when it says that he rose up that night and he took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And so after he had sent them over on the other side of the river, he was 
left alone. And while he was alone during that night, it says that he wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day or until morning came. All through the night, he wrestled this man. And the next verse says that this man, though he wrestled all night with Jacob, this man did not prevail against him. And when he saw that he could not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh and Jacob's joint then went out of joint. Jacob didn't understand that he was wrestling with an angel. He didn't understand that he was wrestling with God. In his life, to this point, he had experienced how God had blessed his work. He had been successful. There was much prosperity from his work. And he he forgot that all that he had been given was not of his own doing, but was from God. And when he found himself in this spot where it seemed he could not go back and he could not go forward, he battled within himself. He wondered what to do. He forgot to trust in God. And I think we can imagine that although he was wrestling this man in a physical sense, there must have also been raging in his mind this mental battle that how can he proceed 
everything seemed so impossible. There seemed to be no way that he could have that place of his home that he wanted. And I think this is where we find ourselves so often as well. Perhaps we have found as Jacob that when God has blessed us, when He has blessed our work, when He has given us all that we need, it is so close to us to feel some sort of pride for what we have and to think that we deserve some credit for our labor. It might also be in this way that we might feel even in our lives of faith that maybe we have lived successful lives as believers. We have remained believing for many years. And it might be close to us to think that our faith is because of something we have done or that we have been diligent in preserving our faith. We have followed those teachings of God's kingdom and we are perhaps in this place where we begin to take a small portion of credit for being a believer even. But then when we are approached by a brother or a sister, if there are concerns, we might be like Jacob and find that we are in this spot where we don't understand. We don't know what to do. That it seems like everything we have previously worked at and endeavored to be diligent in is not of value or cannot help us at that moment.
And we might also then wrestle with God to ask Him why it is this way or how can it be this way. I know for my personal life it seems that I wrestle with God day and night so many times I've wished I could simply understand or that I could have that childlike faith where I don't need to rely on my own wisdom, my own knowledge, my own work. But I have found that my flesh, including my mind, are so close that I constantly wrestle with God. When Jacob was wrestling with God, neither the angel nor Jacob could prevail. And when morning came, the angel put Jacob's thigh out of joint. This caused Jacob to realize that he cannot move forward of his own. He quickly saw how frail even his mortal body was. And it was in this way that God showed Jacob and reminded him that no matter how blessed he had been, how successful his life had been, it was not of his doing. And he could not of his own power even go ahead and face his brother. But Jacob was humbled. And he 
realized he had been wrestling with God. And we can imagine he must have felt ashamed and his poorness, his weakness must have been close. And so he even asked that angel if that angel could bless him. And at the end we can read how the angel did bless him. How has it been for you, dear brother and sister? Have you found, like Jacob and like myself, that you have wrestled with God? Have you wrestled with the instruction, the teachings of God's kingdom? Has it caused your flesh to rise up when you have been rebuked? Have you fallen into that temptation to take credit for those blessings that God has bestowed upon you. I think we would all have to admit that these things are not far from any of us and that it can be often a painful thing to be humbled. Our pride in our flesh is so close. But we know that the only way we can continue on this way to heaven is if we can humble ourselves. And when Jacob wrestled, the Lord put his thigh out of joint to humble him. But in our lives, when we wrestle, God may come to us in a different way Perhaps it would be through an event that we experience where it causes us to pause and reflect on what the true meaning of life is. Maybe it's a time of 
tragedy or trials or even temptations. We know that even in those temptations, our faith is tried. And when our faith is tried, we find when we have come through that in the end our faith has been strengthened. And this is how God humbles us and keeps us as His children even today. And so even today if you find that even at this moment you wrestle with God that you battle against God and His kingdom that you have become so weak that you would wish for an escape that you could be free of your worries and sorrows dear one even at this moment you can uplift your heart and believe all of your sins and doubts forgiven in Jesus' name and precious blood. Do not continue in that strife, in that battle, wrestling against the Lord, but be encouraged to humbly accept God's grace to put those thoughts and those doubts and those sins behind you and to continue traveling with your brothers and sisters on this way to heaven. It is my desire to also remain on this way and to resist wrestling with God. But as I have shared, I often find myself wrestling with God. And the doubts are so close. And I would ask if I can still believe all of my sins and doubts forgiven. It is such a good place to be
here where we have one another to lean on as we go on our way to heaven. Continue believing. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So now we have a February birthday in the family. Because the new baby was born in February. Now we have, now we almost have every month after January. Yeah, January. January is the only month we so don't. So February, what day was it? Wasn't February? it the, was it the 24th? Last Sunday? It was, it was during the week, I think. No, but, it was Sunday. Oh, it was Sunday? So 21st then? I don't know, what was it? Look at the calendar. I, th I thought I read it. 285. Huh? I thought I read that the baby was born during the week. No, it was, um... I thought it was Monday. Yeah, but it was like
next Sunday, so I just want to make sure. Yeah.